What's going on, everybody? Hope you guys are doing amazing on whatever day you are listening to this episode. It's another episode of Left Side Heavy presented by Blue Wire Hustle. It's your boy, Jevin LaFave. Follow me on Instagram at Jevin.LaFave. Find me on Twitter at Jevin LaFave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Left Side Heavy underscore. Today, I brought on my boy, John Grimaldi, calling in from the state of New York. Um, he's the host of the From My Point of View podcast. It's also a part of Blue Wire Hustle. He does some good stuff over there. He talks about some sports, mostly basketball, football, and a little bit of baseball. He also talks uh, Marvel shows and some movie reviews in general. So be sure to go f- um, subscribe and follow his accounts. They will be plugged at the end of this episode. But we talked uh, NBA offseason. It was a super fun conversation. Um, he l- literally brings the heat. I had him on about four months ago, but then the audio was all out of whack on my end and I literally could not there's nothing I could do it was I just I couldn't fix it so I couldn't upload it so this was take two but technically his first time so uh yeah it was just a really fun conversation we talked about yeah NBA offseason he brought the heat he brought a lot of takes it was a very fun chat we also talked winners and losers we talked about NBA draft what contracts were good, which benefited the most. It was just a lot of fun. So I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps grow the show. And just be sure to share, 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 share. It's grow this community. Um, yeah, I want to get the followers up on each account so that it just spreads to more people and more people can enjoy the amazing content that I am putting out. Hashtag Humbleberg. Hashtag get a life buddy. Um, you're a pigeon. But anyways, I had to throw a little trips my way. But um, yeah, why don't we get into this episode, episode 51. Pesegs, kick us off. It's episode 51 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. It's your boy, Jevin LaFave. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.LaFave, on Twitter at JevinLaFave. Find everything for the show at Left Side Heavy underscore. Today, I welcome on a fellow Blue Wire Hustler. He goes by the legendary John Grimaldi, host of the From My Point of View podcast. John, we uh, we got together about four months ago, but for some reason my audio crapped out. But I would say welcome back. But technically, it's your first time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> technically, technically, it is my first episode with you. That was a nice intro. Thank you. It was very, very nice. Very nice of you. No, glad to I, glad to do it with you. Yeah, this is exciting because like our episode like back in April just past the four month. Uh, anniversary of the audio screw up on my part but it was a very like it was a good episode we recorded and then yeah my audio went wacko but how you been lately bro like how you been since then good good you know uh things are getting a little bit better i know you're up you're up in canada right yeah i'm up uh vancouver 
area. Yeah, so I'm in New York. So uh, things are getting a little bit, a little bit better over here. Thank God with uh, everything. Even though summer is almost over, but uh, yeah, I've been I've been well. I've been doing doing my thing. So all is good. Not not too many complaints. Thank God. That's awesome, bro. I've uh, I've seen that you've been doing some uh, Loki. Uh, reviews yeah. and stuff like that so like describe your podcast and kind of how it got kick-started and everything like that and maybe how you kind of got into the hustle community mm-hmm. back when it yeah got so i uh off. i started my podcast a while ago now almost uh three years ago um almost four years ago actually uh after i graduated college um so I started it and then I've just been kind of grinding like at least once a week. And then I got in touch with Kevin um, who founded Blue Wire, obviously. And I DM'd him and he answered my DM, which I was shocked about to begin with. Because uh, I DM'd him after, this is like last summer peak pandemic. Yeah. Um, bunch of dudes got laid off at a bunch of people got laid off at the athletic and I think it was SB nation. And he reached out to, he just sent out like a generic tweet about people like trying to collab, building up blue wire, stuff like that. And I DM'd him, even though I had no, like, like obviously compared to those guys, I was, you know, a small fry. I'm not really anything. Right. Yeah. Um, these guys who have been writing for like SB nation, the athletic. And he said, you know, we'll be in touch with something else. And I guess this is what he had cooking up in his little uh, incubator or whatever. So uh, that came around and I got in on the the second, the second onboarding I got in on. So I was in November, I think. Uh, but yeah, that's how I got into Blue Wire Hustle. And uh, I've definitely seen an uptick in downloads. So that's good. That's awesome, bro. Something's working. <laughs> yeah, the hustle community is awesome just because the, the collabs are so easy. That's how I got in touch with you the first time, just like kind of through that. I mm-hmm. uh, I knew that you were, all, like, you were talking a lot about the NBA and stuff like that, and that's something I like to touch on through my stuff. And I'm like, it's it's just like it's nice because it helps like cross-promoting and everything like that, and you get some different insights from different people. So it's, it's kind of cool also collabing like uh, cross-continents kind of like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's pretty like, wild. Yeah. Time zones battling is like something I got to like sometimes I have to leave work early, but I mean it gets me off work early sometimes, so I can't really argue with that. But um yeah, so we'll kind of uh we're going to be talking about the NBA offseason so far. It's been pretty wild all the moves that have happened been happening and everything like that, and we'll touch on the draft and I'll be honest the the draft is something I don't necessarily have a ton of knowledge on. So we'll kind of like briefly um, talk about that, and then the winners and losers of the off season. So um, uh, how about uh, how do you say we get started on that? And uh, we'll uh, we'll start with the draft. Uh, Cade Cunningham goes number one, which is mm-hmm. I think it has been the talk for basically the whole entire year. But what do you like? What does Cade Cunningham bring to the Pistons? Because I've heard that he's pretty NBA ready, and he could be not necessarily star but he can be pretty productive right off the right out of the gate so what do you think what does he bring to detroit yeah and all honestly he'll 
he'll probably start. I mean, he's the number one overall pick. I, I feel like considering what they have already on their roster, there's not really a whole lot to work with. So he will probably start. Um, I don't know really what that means for Killian Hayes, who I think they took him seventh overall uh, in the draft last year. He's also a point guard. He's this kid out of France. So now that they got two guys that they took in the top part of the draft, um, I'm not sure if their plan is, I don't think Hayes started last year, so he'll probably still come off the bench. Um, I kind of feel bad for him. He's getting screwed a little bit here, but uh, yeah, Cade Cunningham is, I mean, he's a big dude. He's like six, six can handle the ball. Um, he likes to pass first but he does have a pretty good jump shot. So he's going to come in and immediately contribute. I don't necessarily think that makes Detroit a good team. Like he's not that good. Um, so they'll probably still be pretty bad, but he's someone that uh, I think a lot of people are going to want to see, which is the first time you could say that in a long time about anyone wearing a Pistons uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like there's a lot of teams and like different kinds of sports, even that, you know, they draft someone and it's like, okay, at least we just have a piece that we know we can build around, whether it's like Zion in New Orleans, where like, it's like, okay, let's kind of build around Zion and different positions it ranges from, but and Cade kind of fills in that role for Detroit where it's like, okay, at least we have a starting point and a foundation that we can kind of build off of and like maybe just add a piece here, add a piece here. And then next thing you know, the wheels are turning and you got some momentum, but Cade, I've heard he's just like, it's not a disappointing starting point for any team that would take Cade Cunningham. Yeah, and they they signed Jeremy Grant last year who had a career year in scoring. And I don't know if about anything else, honestly, but definitely put up the most points in a season for his career. Uh, so, I mean, he's there. Again, that's not like an all-NBA, all-star kind of player. But he's a nice he's a nice piece you know like they got a couple of thing of things to work with but they are still a uh, a long way from doing anything and like as far as the playoffs go they probably won't sniff that for a few years yeah which is basically kind of any team that's in the gutters but uh moving down the raptors take barnes instead of jalen suggs now i don't have a ton of knowledge but i just know of jalen suggs when he was on gonzaga and he was he was running up a storm in the tournament, and it caught a lot of people off guard. But do you think Raptors made the right choice taking Barnes? No, um, I really like Scotty Barnes. Um, so there's a lot of guys in this draft class who I've uh, I, I started watching for whatever reason. I started watching a lot of their high school stuff like a few years ago too. So they were all still in high school. They were like juniors, seniors in high school, and I was watching them and. Uh, I, so I had my, my little, my crew that I, in this draft where I was like, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be good. Uh, Scotty Barnes is one of them. I really like Scotty Barnes. I liked him in Florida state. He's like six, eight, six, nine. He's got really, really, really long arms. Um, but he can shoot a little and he's not too bad with the ball in his hands either. So he's pretty versatile, but in my opinion, why I think it was a bad pick for the Raptors is because of Kyle Lowry. Yeah. 
So Kyle Lowry, he's gone now. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that, but he's, he's gone now, but he was there for the draft. Wasn't totally clear if he was going to be there or not, if they were actively trying to trade him or if he was going to leave, whatever. Um, but even if he stayed hypothetically, if he stayed a Raptor, having Jalen Suggs there would probably be the smarter move because he's an aging point guard. And if, when he's gone, like he, he grooms Jalen Suggs. And then when he leaves, he retires, whatever. Then you got this guy who had a season kind of under tutelage with Kyle Lowry. He takes the reins. Raptors can move on. Like they already have a lot of guys. Um, and, and like Pascal Siakam, although now there's all these rumors that Pascal Siakam is going to get traded. So at the end of the day, I guess their knowledge, their thinking, their train of thought is that Scotty Barnes is the guy that they're going to build around for the future. Now, I don't necessarily think he's that kind of guy. Um, he's not like a super dynamic scorer or anything like that. So I, I think if you're trying to pick him to be the guy you move forward with, seems like a weird decision. Again, I think Jalen Suggs kind of fits the mold there a little bit better. But Scotty Barnes isn't a bad player. He's a really good pick. I just don't think for the Raptors specifically it was the right fit. But for the Magic, they they really lucked out there. Yeah, I yeah, because even if like you have the hopes of maybe Kyle Lauer staying or if like Van Fleet is gonna take his spot, but I don't know. I just think taking a young point guard, I think Jalen Suggs is more of like a surefire, like if you even if you kept Lowry, like you said, and you just kind of let him learn from him, and then once Kyle Lowry eventually leaves, then you don't really lose any momentum in what you're trying to build. He's already, He can come into the system and just... There's no really flow lost. So yeah, I, I guess they're putting a lot of... Uh, they're putting all their, all their chickens in one basket with uh, Fred Van Vliet. I, I don't know if that's the right move. I think... Van Vliet's a little bit better as just like a secondary option to be your starting point guard. Um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a winning formula, but apparently, I guess that's what the Raptors are going with. So, yeah, it'll be kind. Of, it'll be interesting to see um, how it all shakes out and everything. And I mean, we'll eventually see this upcoming season, and maybe Scotty Barnes kind of proves everyone wrong, and maybe he was the right draft pick. It's just a matter of seeing um what happens here but um uh, some summer league action i just want to touch on this but uh leangelo ball yeah he, uh, he got his first action he had 16 points in 16 minutes so it's gonna be kind of cool I, i've i've always wanted to see leangelo like get a better shot i know he kind of like screwed his own hopes up at ucla by that stealing scandal over in china <laughs> or whatever but i mean like he didn't look he looked like he belonged in that summer league game with Charlotte and I kinda hope he gets a shot in the league. But yeah, it's just a little summer league action for you, but Yeah, he um he got the short end of the stick there with that, that ball family. Um he's kinda like the the black sheep of that of that family because Lonzo was the first and he was really good and then Lamelo was the youngest and he's the best. So Leangelo kind of got screwed in the middle because he wasn't as big as those guys. He wasn't as athletic as those guys. 
He wasn't as good as a passer as those guys. So shooting wise, he might have the the best jumper right now out of all of them. Uh, just like mechanics wise, Lonzo had to, I mean, it's taken Lonzo years to try and fix his jump shot. Lamelo's is a little better, but even without his jumper, he's got like all these crazy yeah. things he can do with the basketball, whether it's passing or finishing at the rim. So like his jump shots, not that much different. Lonzo can do that too, just to a lesser degree. Leangelo is, I mean, if he's going to ever make an NBA roster, it's, he's going to have to play really good defense and, you know, stand in the corner and shoot threes when he gets the ball. Yeah. That, that's and literally, that's, that's what I really, I, that's the only avenue I think he can really yeah. take. Cause he, no one's going to try and sign him and make him into this like dynamic scorer That's yeah. going to be like your number one option. It's just not going to yeah. happen. And I mean, players have, you know, carved out roles of, as just being like a spot up shooter. And it's just like, Hey, play, X amount of minutes a game and then you'll just if we need some momentum rolling from behind the line or we need to get some shots down like we'll just put you in for a bit maybe get us kind of back into the game or get the wheels turning a bit and then we'll just take you out and then you know play players have carved out roles like that so yeah he'll definitely be like a spark plug that you yeah. just you put in off the, off the bench he gets you a few buckets and then you're good but yeah I can't yeah. see it going further than that to be honest I mean I hope, I guess, I hope he makes it because he would be playing with LaMelo, which would be cool. I don't know how his ego will take that. I mean, I guess maybe at this point he'll just be happy to be on an NBA roster. But yeah. seeing your brother be the star of the franchise, your younger brother be the star of the franchise, I'm sure that rubs him the wrong way a little bit. It probably irks him a bit. I mean, Leangelo is undrafted and hasn't been in the NBA, and LaMelo went third. So I don't think there's very much else I'll gonna, it's going to happen. That's going to, you don't need any more proof of that Lamelo's better, mm. right? I think he just almost has to eat it and be like, okay, it is what it is. I'm just going to try and make a career out of this because it's kind of what he's been working towards. So if he's like picking and choosing kind of pissed off, then I think that boat, that ship's already sailed because Lamelo just won rookie of the year. So, yeah, but um, yeah, we'll get into some off season moves. Uh, we're going to start off with a big one that I think kind of, Went 50-50, maybe a, a bit less than that. But the L.A. Lakers acquired Russell Westbrook, a part of a five-team trade. And I have every single move, but I think that's going to be a little <laughs> counterproductive. But the basic one that stood out was Lakers acquired Westbrook and a couple draft picks from Washington for Kuzma, KCP, Harrell. And, or Harrell. But, um... Uh, how do you uh, rate this move by the Lakers? I thought it was kind of interesting. I think they could have gone after a little bit more a different point guard that kind of fits the system a bit better because now you have two ball-dominant players in LeBron and Westbrook, and I don't know how it's going to necessarily shake out, but what's your opinion on this trade? Yeah, I'm not sure they had many options. It was either that or try and lure CP3 out of Phoenix. Other than that... Not, I really don't think they had many options there, but clearly they wanted to make a move because they've grown stale of of what was there, and it's it's obvious that if LeBron or Anthony Davis aren't both healthy, the Lakers can't really do diddly squat, right? They're not they're not a very good team with just one or the other, just because yeah. everyone else 
around them wasn't that good. Uh, KCP played himself into a, a, a really nice position. Um, he's a really good guy to have off the bench. Montrez Harrell, he's the the downside, honestly, of this draft, of this, uh, this trade, because he came over, he won six man of the year with the Clippers. He comes over to the Lakers and he kind of just disappears. I mean, like this guy was, he wasn't getting any minutes when the Lakers were losing to the Suns in the playoffs. Like nothing at all. So I don't know what happened to Montrez Harrell, but hopefully he kind of gets back on track with his career because he was making a really nice name for himself and a nice career for himself um, with the Clippers. Disappeared with the Lakers. So hopefully in Washington, he kind of finds himself again. And then Kuzma, people shit on Kuzma all the time, man. Like he just, he gets the brunt of a lot of jokes and a lot of insults when it comes to the Lakers and Lakers fans and NBA basketball players. Like every time this dude shoots the ball, people clown him. So I feel, I feel a little bit bad for Kuzma. Now he's kind of out of the spotlight in LA, even though I'm sure he loved it. Um, the criticism I'm sure he could do without, but just being in LA, I'm sure he loved, but uh, he goes back and he goes to Washington. Um, so I'm sure he'll find it fun there and he'll be all right there. And there'll be a lot less pressure. Um, and I think Washington, honestly, they don't have too bad of a team, man. Like yeah, they, I, they really, they really don't. Um, you got Beal, KCP, Trez, uh, Kuzma now. They drafted Rui Hashimura last year. Um, I forgot who they drafted this year, but they uh they have like they have a pretty nice young team there, all things considered. And as for the Lakers with Westbrook, um, it it remains to be seen. I am a personal fan of Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, so I would love nothing more for them to succeed and Carmelo Anthony. So literally yeah. everything that they did this offseason, like it's a it's a dream team for me. I, I love them. I love all of those guys that are on that team, and I would love them all to be be champions. Westbrook and Mello to win a championship would be fantastic. Um, but it, it definitely is a little questionable. Um, I think mostly they did it because now when LeBron's off the court, you have a designated guy. Yeah, that's going to be able to run the offense and run it well. Because when LeBron was off the court, even when Anthony Davis was healthy, you kind of have like a makeshift. There's no real guard that could run the offense on the floor without LeBron. And now you have that with Westbrook. Um, and as for everyone else, I think you just got to play your role. Um, I think Westbrook's going to be fine. I think LeBron wouldn't have asked or... I mean, I'm sure LeBron had it. I'm, I'm saying ass because I'm sure LeBron had obviously a uh, a hand in this because him and yeah. Westbrook are bo uh, like boys. Yeah. So I don't think he would have gone out of his way to ask to try and get Westbrook if he didn't think he would play well with Westbrook. That's um, a good point. LeBron, LeBron is business first. Like if he doesn't think uh, he he's going to fit well with you, like he's not going to try and get you on his team no matter what. He knows he can play well with Melo. He knows he can play well with Westbrook. That's why these guys came, they went out and they got these guys. So I, I think it'll be interesting to watch, but I think 
best case scenario, obviously, is a championship. They're definitely a championship contender, no matter what. One hundred percent, I agree. Yeah. Fully healthy because they were battling injury last year, and AD was out for part of the series. So was LeBron. Like LeBron just wasn't a hundred percent. Now you got a very dynamic player in Westbrook, and they also signed some depth. Uh, I'll just like quickly throw it in here, but um. Yeah, they uh, added Ariza, Monk, Me- uh, Mello, and Bazemore to one-year deals, and then they got none on a two-year deal. So they got some depth. Um, they got a spot-up shooter in Mello and a young guy in Monk who, if he proves it, then, I mean, who knows? He can be he can stay around, but, uh, yeah, so... Yeah, Malik Monk was actually... Um, Malik Monk was was someone that surprised me that he, uh, that he signed with the Lakers, but he said that he wants to learn to be a professional and be a winner because he was in Charlotte for a long time. And that's just, that place is dominated by just like young inexperienced guys. Yeah. So he didn't really get his shine. Um, but he, I mean, he can have a KCP effect. So can Kendrick Nunn. I mean, Kendrick Nunn was, uh, he was all rookie yeah. a couple of years ago. Like he had kind of a down year this year, but uh, he he's a good ball player too. So him going to the the Lakers, that's that's a good pickup. That's a nice uh, guy to have in fill in with uh, with Westbrook if he goes for some rest. You put none in there. That's not too bad. That is not too bad. I uh, I totally agree. I like what the Lakers have uh, have done. But um, we'll touch on uh, some big signings and then we'll go to the secondary ones. But Trey Young and Luka Doncic Doncic. Each respectively signed the max rookie extensions, five years, 207 mil with their respective teams, Trey Young with Atlanta and Luca with Dallas. Now these I think were both were two moves everyone kind of expected and weren't really surprised. But what are your thoughts on each of these guys' extensions and what it does for the franchise? Yeah, you have to. I mean, yeah. you have to. If if they proved anything, I mean Luca is uh, he's a maniac. Like that it's guy. Insane. Is, he he's he's so good. He almost single handedly. I I don't think Slovenia medaled in the Olympics. I think they lost in the semifinals. Okay. Did they lose the bronze medal game? No. They they may have lost in the quarters. Okay. I can't remember. Because I know they lost a heartbreaker to France, um, who ended up they, losing to uh the USA. So, I think it was semifinals that Slovenia lost, but I don't know how they did in the bronze. Yeah, they lost. Uh, they lost the bronze medal match to Australia. That's right. They lost one hundred seven to ninety three to Australia. But Slovenia, I mean, what the hell? They have no business being anywhere close to meddling yeah. in the Olympics. And here comes Luka Doncic. He almost single. He almost single handedly got them to the gold medal game. Yeah, and like, what, he, he, they lost by one point to France, yeah. and it was. Only because they would have won, but Nick Batum made a, an unbelievable block against the backboard, to yeah. which probably I think that block probably would have been goaltending in the NBA. Yeah, but there's no goaltending when the ball in, hits the rim yeah. and it hits the backboard. You can just smack it around whenever you want in international play. So because of that, it ended up being a, a block, um, and France and ended up winning. But they came so close, and it's literally only because of Luka Doncic. Yeah. Um, and that has nothing even to do with his play in the actual NBA. Uh, like, yeah, he's unbelievable. He's going to win an MVP probably in the next year or two. 
Yeah. I would suspect next year, going into next year, he's going to be an MVP favorite. Well, he was and MVP favorite going into last of the season that just he, ended. He's going to be an MVP. Uh, he's going to be a top like best odds for to win MVP. Yeah. Top five year in and year out until he's like thirty. So he's just that kind of player. He's unbelievable. Um, I think they, the Mavericks for them, obviously that's a super smart move. The team they currently have assembled is not going to be a winning team. Like they no. need someone else aside from Chris Kristaps Porzingis. Like I would get rid of him. Yeah, if at all terrible. possible, I would I would ditch Kristaps Porzingis yeah. because he just now he's starting to complain about how uh, he doesn't. They don't think they play him the right way, and he doesn't play, get enough touches. Whatever. It's Luca's team. Yeah, like the system. You talk about offensive systems that head coaches implement. The he- the system, the offensive system, is Luka Doncic. Yeah. Whether he's on the Mavericks for his entire career, he goes somewhere else. It doesn't matter. Wherever he's at, he is the offense. Yeah. So, I think as for the the Mavericks as a whole, this is a, the right move moving forward for your future. But you still got to fill in those other pieces around him. And then for the Hawks. They blew everyone's mind this year. Obviously, they made the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think anyone expected them to go that far. They beat the Sixers, um, and it, it was it was pretty crazy that they that they won. You know, uh, I I thought the Knicks would win in six. Wrong on that one. Hawks in five. I think they won right. Yeah. So uh, then beating the Sixers was a huge upset, uh, and then they fall short to the Bucks, who inevitably inevitably won. So you know hang your hat on that. You lost to the NBA champions in the Eastern conference finals and Trey young. I mean, he had his way with a lot of teams in the playoffs, specifically New York and Philly, which were happened to be that it's not a coincidence of the series that they won, but he got anywhere on the court that he wanted to get to. And whether he scored or he ended up dishing it out, drawing a foul, getting to the line. Like he, he was in command for both of those series, he was doing whatever he wanted to do. And, uh, yeah, he's, you know, I ragged on Trey young a while when he came into the league, thought he was, you know, everyone was touting him as like the next Steph Curry because of like the, the shots he was making and taking at Oklahoma. So that set me off. That kind of pissed me off. I didn't like it. Um, and I thought he was a bit overrated to start, but like this dude, he's not the same player. He was his first two years in the league. He's yeah. not. He's a completely different player, and uh, he knows what he's doing with his body. He knows how to draw fouls, manipulate angles. Uh, he's got great vision. He's a he's a for being touted as like a great shooter. He's a little inconsistent from three, but I mean he's still a threat no matter what. I think he yeah. just needs to stop taking those like 35, 36 foot jump shots from like way outside. Yeah. Um. But other than that, yeah, man, he he totally deserves it. He's unbelievable. And uh, the Hawks locking him down. The Hawks have a really nice pool of young talent. They really do. I'm, they, I'm, can, they can go yeah. take one, two of those guys in like a draft pick, and they can go ship it out and probably get someone really good to pair with Trey Young if they really want to. I don't know if that's what they're necessarily going with, though, because they did just make the conference finals. So I don't know if you necessarily want to break that up right now. Yeah. We'll see. Speaking of the Hawks, uh, they signed John Collin to a five-year, $125 million contract. Um, I like what John Collins brings. I think he's a good uh, dynamic big man. He can kind of play up and down the positions and stuff like that. And I I just I like what he delivers, and I think he's a good option for Trey Young, especially like 
passing down low and doing dirty work in the paint. And yeah, I just think he's another threat that's key for Atlanta. And I think it was good locking him down. Yeah. See, he is a little bit questionable for me. So he's good. He's very good. Um, and he works well with the Hawks and Trey Young and all that. But this is a dude who I just don't like, that's a lot of money for a guy who really didn't do much in the playoffs. Like he wasn't really the ex like Clint Capella truth be told was more important. I think to the Hawks in the playoffs, because when you're going against Randall and Giannis and well, they lost that series, but Giannis and Embiid and Simmons, like those guys, these are big paint presence guys. And Clint Capella being able to go toe to toe with someone like Joel Embiid is a huge plus for them. Joel Embiid would cook John Collins. He probably did cook John Collins multiple times in the playoffs. Capella is a much better defender, but Collins is a, I mean, he's a lob threat. He posted Embiid on a lob, which was yeah. pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, so he's a lob threat. <laughs> Embiid had, had he got a decent one. shot. Yeah. He's got a decent shot from three. I just think it's a little, it's a little bit too much money. Cause you look at the Knicks, they go and sign Randall and Collins is making more than Randall now, which I don't necessarily think that's like, if you're basing it on who's better, who should make more money, that should be Julius Randall, but the Hawks ditched out their dished out their money here. Um, I feel like that's a move that you're kind of just handcuffed yeah. as a team. Like he's super young. You got a good core. Why not just pay him? But at some point, one of these guys is going to, you're going to have to let him go or yeah. trade him. Yeah. I think this next season is going to be key for a lot of these contracts in terms of comparing player to player. Cause Randall, he did come off a most improved season an unreal season with um, New York borderline um, first team, all NBA in my opinion, but it's just going to be a matter of like, was that just a one-off? Like, was it good? Like, will he come down to earth next year or like, will he keep up his most improved um, player? type of season and just speaking of that uh he signed a four-year 117 million dollar extension with the knicks i think that's also a really good move by new york and i think they could really turn into something special especially with the surge of that rj barrett had last year i think he had a pretty good season and i just like the way uh the knicks are kind of moving they also uh brought back um I I had it here. I have so many notes down here. D Rose, yeah, D Rose, um, Burks, and Nerlens Noel on contracts, and I and they brought over Evan Fournier. I'm pretty sure. And they got Kemba. And they got Kemba. So I think New York's kind of like the Kemba signing, especially. I think that's a low risk, high reward. Like I know Kemba's kind of been battling injury and some inconsistent play, but especially on a really cheap deal. I think that could pay off for New York, especially if he plays well this season. And I, I I just think bringing back a lot of players that were on the team really keeps the chemistry high and the morale in the room high. And I just think New York's building a pretty good and competitive team, especially with how open the Eastern Conference is. Oh, yeah. Um, Reno was second team All-NBA. So, yeah, he was, he was yeah. pretty close, but... I think like, he was borderline a, first. Like I like it. 
Yeah, yeah. He like, I mean, this is he didn't have any all-star appearances, nothing. He makes the all-star team, makes second team all NBA. Hey, he was due for a huge contract if he didn't resign. Yeah. Next summer, he was gonna make a lot of money. That's my dog, by the way. I don't know if yeah. you heard that, but <laughs> shout out dog. He was gonna make a lot of money. And he kind of took a, a team friendly deal with uh with the Knicks. So I'm I'm psyched that he's back. Um Getting Kemba, if we got Kemba a couple years ago, that would have been really nice. But instead, he went to Boston. That kind of flamed out pretty quickly, and that didn't work. Um, but Kemba, I'm excited for him to be back. There's going to be like all those um, "I'm coming home" videos that yeah. you have <laughs> when yeah. he when he steps on the court. Like they had that for Melo, even though Melo technically grew up in Baltimore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Kemba's from the Bronx, so that's fair. He went to UConn. He's like from this area. Yeah. Uh, so it's really cool that he's back. If he's healthy, man, that's a steal. Yeah. Like a healthy Kemba Walker on that contract is an unbelievable steal. Um, and then bringing back D Rose was important. I really, I like his contract. Like all these guys signed, they signed friendly deals. Yeah. They all, they, so they, they signed good. We had, we had good contracts with the Knicks originally when, when they all signed them. Um, and these guys probably could have went other places and got a little bit more money, but instead they they take the deals that the Knicks give them and they essentially bring everyone back again on friendly deals for two three years. I'm okay with it. Like I, I like what Leon Rose and and the rest of the Knicks front office is doing, um, and I, I think they're they they could easily make the playoffs again, no doubt about it. They've upgraded, if anything, obviously. Yeah, I totally agree with you because, yeah, they could have, like your point, they could have gone somewhere and got more money. But if you just like, just look at how MSG was when they made the playoffs, it was electric. When the Knicks are like competitive, like that is a place that players want to go play in. And like if, like I I would take a team-friendly deal to come back after what I saw last year in the playoffs. Like it's where you're going to want to play and the atmosphere is electric and the fans are going to be back next season. Then why wouldn't you want to stay? Everyone wants to play an MSG. Yeah. Like, like Even LeBron just, said it. He was yeah, like, exactly. when the Knicks are good, when the Knicks are good, it's better for basketball, which is exactly. the, which is the truth. I it, totally it, it agree. It really is like the Knicks, the Knicks, the Celtics and the Lakers, honestly, like those three teams are like cornerstone cornerstone franchises to the NBA. Yeah. So when they're good, it's just it's different. Like you look at the Nets, and I know KD and Kyrie, they say all this shit about the Nets and you know, they wanted to go there because the Knicks are a joke, blah blah blah. Yeah, okay, that's all well and good, but even when the Nets are good, no one actually cares in New York. No yeah. one cares. Nobody cares. When the Knicks are good, it's news. It's yeah. all anyone in New York talks about. It's when the Knicks are good. No one cares if the Nets are good it's because they're from Jersey originally. Yeah. Now they're in Brooklyn, but no one, no one cares. Yeah, it's all about the Knicks. And when the yeah. Knicks are good, everything is great, man. Yeah, New York's different. It's a basketball city. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, it's a basketball look, city. They, oh, you got the Jets, the Giants, the Yankees, the Mets. It's like no, when the Knicks divided. are. When, like, it's all they, divided. So you're won. a Jets or Mets, you're a Jets or Giants fan, you're a Yankees or Mets fan. One team usually isn't good, and the other team usually is. Um, you can decide for that for yourself, but it's usually the Yankees and Giants are better. Although both football teams have sucked recently. Um, so you have those those franchises, 
but the Knicks is the team that every New Yorker roots for. Yeah. So when they're good, it's just it's a better place to be. Yeah. Like when you just see that they won a playoff game against Atlanta and people were storming the streets, that that's a telltale sign that it's a basketball town. Like that's just yeah. plain and simple. But uh, big, big signings over in Brooklyn. They extend Kevin Durant on a four-year, $197.65 million extension. That's no surprise. Let's be honest here. Uh, Stephen Curry signs a four-year, $215 million max extension with Golden State. Honestly, let's be honest here. Kind of everyone was kind of expecting that. But interesting stat. He's the first player ever to sign two $200 million contracts, which is absolutely absurd. Like, at this point, his next contract's going to include, like, 10% of the fucking team, let's be honest here. Um, SGA, um, he signs a five-year, $172 million contract with OKC. I think this is a good sign for OKC because he is going to be, like, a, the cornerstone of your team, and yeah. I think he brings a lot to it. And I just think it was an important signing to lock him down, like, 100%. Um, yeah, that's my son. That's my son, yeah. Sean Shea Gilgis Alexander is my boy. I love him. Yeah. He's yeah. uh, I I liked him in Kentucky, which he honestly didn't get that much shine in Kentucky. But I really liked him with the Clippers. And Doc Rivers said in that Paul George trade, the one guy, the one piece of that trade that like hurt him to his core was having SGA. to let go of Shea Gilgis yeah. Alexander because he knew what kind of player he was going to be. And and you see it now. He's like pretty much he's. He is kind of the main guy in OKC. Yeah. Like, there's not really anyone better than him on that on that roster. Yeah. Um. So they, they I mean, they obviously got like a crap ton of draft picks. Who knows what they're going to do with them? Um. If a quarter of the amount of draft picks they have turn into NBA All Stars, that's going to be like an all time yeah. great team. Like yeah. that's how many draft picks they have. Like this will be kind of a question for time for the press later, but. That's the, like that'd be a team that I'd want to be like a GM for. Like if I had to slip into any role, I think OKC's up there just because of the capital that you have and so much room to play around with, and you have a player to build around in SGA. I think yeah. that's I think that's like a pretty good position to be in. Here's the thing that scares me about OKC a little bit though is Sam Presti, who he he's obviously accrued all these draft picks, which is all well and good, but you either got to make do on those draft picks and yeah. hit, or something that I feel like he's not really willing to do because he's so enamored with just collecting as many draft picks as possible is package them for yeah. players. Yeah. Package, you know, you have 20 something first round draft picks or whatever the hell yeah. it is. Like some obnoxious number, take three of them and a player, like a young player and, and try and get someone to bite and give you a, like yeah. give you someone yeah. like, are you trying to compete or are you not? Because yeah. we saw what happened in Boston. Danny Ainge kind of did the same thing. They acquired all these draft picks. They had all these draft picks, for, mostly from the Nets trade that they made, that that disgusting Nets trade. Yeah. Um, and they had all these draft picks, and they only turned them in. They turned it into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but they haven't won anything. Yeah. Like, you, you see it, and you're like, oh, this is the Boston Celtics. These amount of draft picks are going to turn into all-stars, right? Top-tier draft picks. Top of the, like, they took Tatum... I think they took Tatum and uh, Brown third overall, both of them. So they haven't have anything to show for it. That's when people start to get pissed. And that's why Brad yeah. Stevens, he didn't get fired. They moved him to a, a front office role for God, some God knows what reason. 
Um, but now you got a new head coach and you're kind of just rolling with the punches here with a young core who you're kind of wasting at this point. I know they made like an Eastern conference final. Um, but it, it's just, that's not, that's not the end goal. Let's be yeah, honest here. Like, if you're looking at that with OKC, you, you need to show, you can't just keep laying back every time your team misses the playoffs and be like, well, we have all these draft picks. Well, we have all these draft picks. We have well, all these draft picks. Let's see. You Eventually, do you're need results. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's a, a you look at it on paper and you're like, wow, all these first round draft picks, so many options. But you got to really kind of be a little bit uh, yeah. careful with how you're proceeding. Yeah, you got to capitalize. Um, so we kind of brought up the Kyle Lowry. He signs a three-year, eighty-five million dollar contract with Toronto, but it was part of a sign-in trade with Miami uh, for Drogic and uh, Precious uh, Achua. Yeah, I think that's Achua? right. I think you got it right. Yeah. I think you got it right. Um, as well as Miami, they made some more moves. They signed Oladipo to a one-year deal, pretty cheap. It was just over two mil. Uh, Jimmy Butler signs a three-year, hundred thirty-six million dollar extension. And Duncan Robinson signed a five-year, $90 million uh, contract with Miami as well. Uh, let's see if I'm missing anything else, but I don't believe so. But, uh, yeah, Miami kind of bringing back some, bringing back a core. I really like the trade for Kyle Lowry. I think it kind of makes him a little bit more well-rounded with, like, Bam and uh, if Aladipo can stay healthy, for God's sakes. But uh, Jimmy Butler as well, he's a dog. Had a pretty bad playoffs, but, I mean... He had a good year before that, so hopefully he kind of revives from that step. And then Duncan Robinson, good spot-up shooter, and hopefully Tyler Hero can also play well too. But I like what Miami's brewing up, and hopefully it can kind of lead to something. Also, yeah. uh, P.J. Tucker signed a two-year uh, $14 million contract mm -hmm. with Miami as well, which I like that move. He he sacrificed offense for playing solid defense for Milwaukee in the championship run, and I think that's really important for a team if they want to succeed and make playoff runs. Oh yeah. Um, I think defensively Miami is probably going to be arguably the best. Unbelievable. Defense in all, in all of basketball. Like they have the lineup to do that. Lowry is a great defender. Jimmy Butler, um, three Jimmy and Butler, D. Obviously don't, and let's let's sugarcoat it here. Jimmy Butler was honestly, he had one of the worst playoff performances I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. Yeah, like he was, was bad. horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. Does he deserve this contract? Yes. Am I, am I glad he's staying with Miami probably for the rest of his career? Yes. I like the Kyle Lowry sign and trade. That's all good. Um, Oladipo, you know, they traded for him and he, they tried to extend him and he said no. And he probably didn't think the market, he probably thought the market was going to be a little bit wetter than yeah. it was, but it was bone dry for him. So I mean, he can't stay on the cheap. He can't stay on the yeah, I, if he stays healthy, that's that's an yeah. un, like you said over two million, a little over two million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Oladipo was a guy, I feel so bad for him, man, but he was a yeah. guy in Indiana who was ready to like he he was like next up in the East. Like he, yeah. he was bringing the Pacers to seven games against LeBron and the Cavs, which yeah. like that's that's like no small task. And he's Not just had like three really bad injuries in a row yeah. that just take forever yeah. to come back from. And they just stacked on top of each other. I feel so bad for him, but hopefully he kind of gets his, his shit right in, in Miami and is able to have a nice year and contribute meaningful minutes for them. 
Um, but again, another guy that can play really good defense. Duncan Robinson, super happy for him. Aside from probably Clay Thompson, um, he's the best catch and shoot guy in the NBA. So nasty against yeah. LA is like he was a problem for them. Like as soon as he's getting the ball, he's putting it up. There's like a really good chance it's going in, no matter what kind of defense you're playing on. And then once he starts hitting, he's gonna pull up. He's gonna get you to jump, and he just does a little sidestep like Clay Thompson esque, and just yeah. drains it. Like he's Thompson does the same yeah. thing. Like you yeah, count, he's unreal. You count how many dribbles Clay Thompson, how many points Clay Thompson scores with Third, how many dribbles? I like think he, didn't he have like thirty seven off like eight dribbles or something? He had like sixty off eleven or some shit. Yeah, it was like <laughs> obnoxious. Ridiculous. It was so obnoxious. <laughs> it was um, so crazy. But he, yeah. So obviously the Warriors are someone else to look out for, but yeah, it's different. I digress, but uh, yeah. yeah, Miami really disappointing playoffs. Um, you know, they get the Bucks, and you're thinking, oh, maybe it'll be the same thing as last year. Bucks do the complete opposite and they sweep so, them. So yeah. I'm I'm sure Miami's a little salty about that, and and they know they just they played just terribly. A lot of people yeah. played real bad. Tyler Hero had a he's I think he just had a bad season. Tyler yeah. Hero. Yeah, so yeah. It was very. It was a bit disappointing. A little bit in Miami. Yeah. Hundred percent. Pull back the reins in Miami a little bit. Um, so, as for everyone else, I, I I like I like Miami. I think they'll uh, think you can lock them in probably for a top five seed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chris Paul resigns with the Phoenix Suns four years, hundred twenty million dollars. How do you feel about this contract for Chris Paul's age? Because I know he had a pretty good season. Obviously, was got Phoenix over the hump and. I don't want to like give him credit because like I don't want to say their championship run was only because of injuries because who knows how they did against a healthy team. You can't really say like they would have lost because they played well in the playoffs and Devin Booker excelled and Aiton as well with the uh, addition of Chris Paul. But he is what is he like thirty eight or something? Like isn't he up there? In- He's uh thirty four. Oh, I was. I was, He'll uh, be 38 at the end off. of the contract. Um, maybe that's what I was thinking. But 37 to 38, he will. He'll be. But yeah, he started getting some wear and tear along the playoffs. You know, he was battling injury. But uh, did Phoenix have to do this? Yeah. 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 They had no other choice. Um, because if he walks, do you still have a good team? Yeah. Um, do I think you make the playoffs? Seven, six, it, it's seven, hard, six, man. Six, I know the Suns were just the second seed and they made the finals and they played really well, but without Chris Paul there, your bottom tier of the West, like maybe the seventh seed without Chris Paul. And I really like Booker. Mikhail Bridges has come a long way. Aiton has played really well. Like those three guys are undoubtedly the young core of that team. But Chris Paul, Chris Paul is the engine that that makes this this boat go. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they, he 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 makes it everything right and, yeah. and keeps everyone. It's it's a different mentality with him. Um, he's a veteran point guard, knows how to lead a team, knows how to lead an offense, and everyone benefits from him. Bridges benefits from him. Booker benefits from him. Aiton, everyone offensively benefits from Chris Paul being the point guard. Right. Yeah. They don't call him the point God for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. He's a guy that is, I, I think they had to resign him. And I'm glad, I'm glad they did. 
It does open up a couple of questions though. You've paid Booker. He's going to be due a lot more money in probably two more years, I think it is. But he's all right for now. Um, You just paid Chris Paul. Do you end up paying Aiton, like his draft classmates, Trey Young and and Doncic, because he's got those extensions. Do you pay Aiton that? Something close to that? And what do you do with Mikael Bridges? Mikael Bridges is due to make somewhere around like $20 million. Like he has been unbelievable. He's a good three-point shooter. He's an outstanding defender. And his offense off the dribble has improved dramatically over the course of, especially over the course of this last year. So you have those two guys that you really got to worry about a little bit and, and say, where does this money go? Do you just go balls deep and you say, screw it, we're going to ride all these guys out until Chris Paul's contract's done and he probably retires? Or we bring him back on like a one-year deal when he's 38 years old? Like that's not optimal, you know? So they got a bunch of question marks as far as how they dish out the rest of this money, you know, because they do have guys that need to get paid. What do you think uh, Aiton's market is? Because you just see John Collins, he signed for $125 million over five years. Aiton's got to be over that, right? I think if Aiton gets that, the Suns would be uh, ecstatic. He's got... I, 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 I take him over John Collins. I, I Me too. I, I put him at around like $175, like $175 mil range over five yeah. years. He, he, um, he had a really good playoff run up until... The last four games of the finals, which the Bucs won every single one of them. Yeah. Right. They went up 2-0 and the Suns were feeling good. Bucks rip off four straight wins and they win the finals. And in each game, especially the elimination game, uh, game six, Aiton just he played, he got real small. Yeah. And he played real small. And he just he wasn't nearly the offensive threat like Giannis. Granted, you're being guarded by Giannis Antetokounmpo. So it's it's hard, but offensively, he just he wasn't even a threat, like just completely put in the rear view mirror um, and kind of left out to dry there. But if you take out those three games, three, four games, he had a fantastic playoff run. He had a fantastic season. Again, I contribute a lot of that to Chris Paul pushing these younger guys to be better. Booker already has that like Mamba mentality from Kobe. So yeah. him being with Chris Paul, I think they re- they meshed really well together in terms of their mentality and their approach. Uh, but Bridges and Aiton, I think, benefited tremendously tremendously from having Chris Paul. So uh, for Aiton, he's going to get paid one way or another. Someone's paying him. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be Phoenix or not, but someone's paying him. And the same thing goes for Mikhail Bridges. Uh, if you're asking me, I probably pay Mikael Bridges over DeAndre Ayton just because okay. of like the versatility he has offensively and and his his scoring he does a lot more scoring the basketball than Ayton can um but Ayton's really good yeah he's really good not a bust you look at it and everyone calls him a bust no I don't think they were bust. calling him a bust because he was the number one pick in a draft class with Doncic and Trey Young so you saw how they were playing you're like oh Ayton's a bust not the case obviously yeah um, last thing we'll kind of touch on before we go to winners and losers. Um, the Chicago Bulls made a ton of noise. They acquired Lonzo Ball in a sign and trade for Sadaransky, uh, Temple in a second. 
Lonzo signed a four-year, $85 million contract with New Orleans prior to the sign-in trade. Uh, they also got DeRozan in a sign-in trade, a three-year, $85 million um, for uh, Thaddeus Young, uh, Aminu, um, 25, uh, 2025 first round pick, and then two second round picks. They also got Caruso. He signed a four-year, $37 million contract with Chicago. Man, Chicago uh, making some moves. Um, yeah. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on the whole, uh, on Chicago's offseason? Um, a lot of bark, no bite. They are like they they made a lot of moves and a lot of noise, but maybe they're like the ninth seed. Maybe they sneak into the eighth or seventh seed, but nothing significant. Like if you just look around, Levine's a beast. I really like Zach Levine. But if you look at how him and Vucevic played together after they traded for him, they were they were under five hundred when they played together. Like they weren't. It, it wasn't like that was the trade that kind of changed everything and now you go out and you get a bunch of guys lonzo lonzo's really good but we'll we'll see how he works with every, everyone else on the bulls they are pretty young and you know you got someone like zach levine who could run with you if you're lonzo you're you're getting a rebound if those two guys are on the floor they are sprinting to yeah. the other end and it'll they'll pro- it'll probably end up in two points a, a majority of the time um so you got those two guys. I like the Lonzo deal. DeRozan doesn't really move the meter for me too much. Um, he's not really the same player he was in Toronto, as we saw in San Antonio. You know, a perennial playoff team. Can't you know? He's on that team. He's arguably their number one guy. He's not moving the needle there either. You know, like they missed the playoffs two times when they hadn't missed it at all for the past like twenty five years. So. With DeRozan, um, it's all right, you know. It's all right. Again, it doesn't move the needle, the needle much for me. Same thing with Caruso and those other guys that they got. It's just, it's not. I think they'll be fun and entertaining yeah. to watch, and definitely a team to kind of keep your eye out on. But they, this team, honestly, reminds me a lot of where Lonzo just came from, the Pelicans. Okay. You look at their roster and you're like, this is a lot of like young, really talented group of players. And you just, they don't just don't do anything. Now, granted, the West is much more difficult to play in than the East. So I think Chicago has that going for them where I think they could sneak into the playoffs. But if they're anything higher than the seventh seed, I would be surprised. Okay, I, I don't I, think it's going to be tight at the bottom. I think they'll have the seventh seed wrapped up by like a couple games and they'll be fine. Like they won't be sweating it yeah. at the end of the season. But if they're ending up anything higher than the seventh seed, I honestly would be, I would be surprised. I would. Yeah, I, I think six, seven seed is a good spot for them. It's just a matter of if they can gel well together. Cause like you said, there is a lot of talented players. It's just a matter of can they play well off of each other. So that's going to be the real, um, the biggest question um amongst the chicago bulls um were there any signings that you wanted to go over uh before we got to winners and losers because i did leave Kawhi leonard off right now because he is part of a time for the press question so i was going to talk about that amongst that but uh is there any other signings you wanted to touch on before we uh start wrapping it up in a sense near the tail end of this episode 
Um, not signings so much as uh some some draft guys. Okay. Um, so with the draft, I think the Warriors had a really good draft. Um, obviously re-signing Curry's huge. They have Clay Thompson back. Like the Warriors can easily be a top five team in the West again. Yeah. Um, with everyone healthy. Still have Draymond Green. Uh the Rockets are probably going to be my team to watch this year. I love the Rockets. I am a John Wall fanatic back okay. in Kentucky. Like that's the the super team in college that I grew up watching was yeah. the Kentucky Wild. Like that Calipari Kentucky Wildcat team with DeMarcus Cousins, John okay. Wall, Patrick yeah. Patterson, Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Knight, like all those guys. That was that's one of my favorite teams ever. And I love John Wall. So him on the Rockets, I like. And then you pair him the number two overall pick, Jalen Green. He's going to be really good. And then they take his buddy, who they they played AAU ball together, Josh Christopher. They take him 24th overall. He's one of the guys I, I mentioned briefly, people I watched in high school a couple yeah. of years ago in this draft class. Some of the guys like that, Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, and Sharif Cooper and uh, Scotty Barnes were like the four guys that I really paid attention to when they were in high school. Sharif Cooper okay. somehow slipped all the way to the second round and is on the Hawks now, which I think is a great spot for him to be in. And then Josh Christopher and Jalen Green being on Houston together, along with Kevin Porter Jr., who I also really like. And I thought he was he's a bucket. I thought he was going to be really good. And he had his problems off the court. Cavs let him go. And the Rockets get him, I think, maybe for free or maybe like a second round pick. Regardless, it's pretty much for free. And he's became in one of the games against the Bucks. He became the youngest player ever to score 50 plus points and 10 plus assists. Wow. So he's a monster. So those four guys on that team for me is like a, a, a dream, man. I don't know yeah. if you play 2K, but I'm going to play the shit out of them on 2K <laughs> when it comes out. That's awesome. Um, I do play 2K, but uh, not avidly. Not a whole time, but uh, yeah. Is uh, winners and losers now. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you have a winner? Cause I, we kind of touched on him. I think Miami. I think they could really get over the hump with the addition of Lowry and Tucker. I really like what they did, and I think last year they they were still decent. And then if it wasn't for a poor poor performance from Jimmy Butler and kind of hero kind of going invincible or being invisible the whole year, basically. I think the addition of Lowry really helps create a good tempo for Miami. And just in terms of like distributing the ball to Jimmy being off the ball, um, dunking and getting to some open spots, and then bam, down low. And like you said, the defense on that team is going to be awesome. So I think Miami's a winner. And I just like what the Knicks did. I think bringing Mm -hmm. back Rose, Noel, Burks, and then Campbell on a cheap deal. I think it's a yeah. low-risk signing, and I think you could really push him over the edge in the playoffs if he is um, the Kemba back in, what was he, Charlotte? Is that where he was? Yeah. Is that where he came from? I think yeah. if he's Charlotte Kemba, he might not. He's probably not going to be that. If, he's, if he's Charlotte Kemba, the Knicks are going to have a lot to cheer about. So I think I, th- I think the Knicks did well. So I uh, Knicks and Miami are my two big winners. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Absolutely. Those two guys are definitely, uh, they made a lot of smart moves. You know, yeah. they weren't dishing out a whole lot of money. Uh, Miami did dish out a couple contracts that were worth a lot of money, but 
smartly. You know, they yeah. weren't like they're just throwing money at someone who's a random free agent. Um, exactly. The Knicks had a lot. They have a lot of friendly contracts. Even Randall. Randall got paid. He could have made way more if he had anything similar like to last year. This year, the yeah. next next summer, he could have made close to two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Um. So he he left a lot of money on the table to give the Knicks a lot of flexibility. I think that's huge for them. And I would have thrown in the Hawks as well. Uh, they re-signed Trey Young. They re-signed John Collins. They gave them contract extensions. And uh, they have pretty much their young core intact. Cam Reddish is going to be healthy for a full year. They draft Jalen Johnson from Duke, who I'm a little low on, and I think that's why he slipped really far in the draft. Um, but he's someone who has a lot of upside. And then in the second round, they stole Sharif Cooper from everyone at like 48th overall in the draft. And I love Sharif Cooper. He is going to be an excellent backup point guard for Trey Young. Uh, yeah, I just, I really like, I like how the Hawks, uh, did the draft. I like where they allocated their money to, um, and then the Lakers. Yeah. I have the Lakers down here too. I think they, their depth signings, I think for obvious reasons Yeah, and, and Westbrook of course, but I, I, I like their depth signings more than Westbrook Excel itself, because I think their depth really lacked last year. And I think it could really just make them a more like. Their second team a lot more respectable. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, losers. I uh, I have a couple teams. I have Toronto because I just think they should have uh, taken Suggs in the draft instead. And I don't really kind of know what their identity is right now. It's kind of I feel like it's kind of lost in the shuffle. And New Orleans because I just feel bad for Zion because his boy throwing lob passes is gone. But yeah, who do you have as uh, losers this offseason? Well. To touch on your two real quick, because um, I do have thoughts on those. Zion, uh, you can write it in stone right now. He's going to sign his massive rookie extension, and then he's going to demand a trade after one year of playing in it. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> yeah. he's going to get traded. That's exactly what's going to happen. You can write it in stone. It's what's been happening to these guys. And unless the Pelicans miraculously start making like consistent playoff runs, He's going to demand a trade at some point. He's going to go to New York. Let's be honest here. He's going to end up in New York. I would very much like that. (laughs) You know, he said, I don't want He said it, his words. He loves playing at MSG. His words. There's there's a reason why uh, New York made all these contract signs because they need some capital for a trade package (laughs) for Zion in a couple of years. Um, And then for Toronto, I agree. They're kind of just like a band of misfits right now. It's just a bunch of like secondhand guys and Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Like I think that's kind of what the and Toronto like Fred is right Van now. Fleet and then Pascal's on his could be on his way out. He's probably just, on his way out. Yeah, They've been just, talking about trading him since the deadline. So yeah. I just feel uh, like my a biggest bunch of loser is filling up a team. But yeah, my my biggest loser uh, is the Trailblazers. They they get no one. Um, I don't believe they had a first round pick this year, so they don't draft anyone. They lose Melo, and now you're kind of just stuck with a lesser version of a team you have right now. Yeah. No big name guy is going to go to Portland. Yeah. Um, they brought back Norman Powell, which I like him as a player, but that's but not going to move. That doesn't the move the needle, man. Yeah. Like that is, yeah. you're not going to be able to go out and get anyone significant. This has been more or less the same team for the past four years. Yeah. And I, I feel for Damian Lillard, man. I really do. At some point he's got to swallow his pride 
And if he like he, I know what he says, and he's he's on record. If I don't win a championship, that's okay. I don't believe that. I really yeah. don't believe that. Like he's a competitor, man. He wants to win, and he, he's just he's never going to be able to win in Portland. And he's, it's, he's it's just never there. going to yeah. happen. That's yeah. like staying in Sacramento for your whole career and being yeah. like, I'm going to get this Kings team to the top. No, buddy, you aren't. Yeah. You yeah. yourself, by yourself, can only do so much, and no one is going to Portland. I couldn't tell you why. I, I hear Washington's great, you know? Yeah. Like, or Oregon, excuse me, I'm an idiot in geography. <laughs> Oregon's fine, right? Like, I'm not, not saying there's anything inherently wrong with living there, but, like, no one's going to Oregon. Yeah. So it's not like a sunshine state like California. It's like... It's gloomy most times, and it's like, yeah, it's not really like. I a feel bad, and it place. sucks. Could you? You'd think that, um, you'd think that guys would want to go play with someone like Damian Lillard, but yeah. they've just haven't been able to attract any significant free agents outside of Melo, who he used to resurrect his career, and then he signed with the Lakers and LeBron. Like, I thought a lot of people wanted to begin with when he was trying to make his comeback. They were like, oh, LeBron should sign his boy. LeBron should sign his boy. LeBron should sign his boy. And they didn't. The Trailblazers gave him a shot, and he played really well for them, and now he's on the Lakers. So that's a full circle. But the Blazers miss out, man. They they didn't have a first-round draft pick, and and they, they didn't sign anyone. You're left yeah. with a, a lesser version of of the team you had last year. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree with you, man. I I uh, I in Portland needs to like they need to get their shit in check. Like you have this superstar in Lillard, and I they're not doing anything with it. Like yeah, CJ's cool, but he's not a second guy. Like he's a better third guy. And I mean, yeah, they just like you've gotten to the playoffs, like. You've gotten past the first round, but it's because you don't have any, Dame has to put up fifty-five every game for you guys to have a chance, and that shouldn't be the case. Like, yeah, do you know how how nice it must have felt for him in the Olympics to be like, "Hey, I don't have to put up fifty points every single game to get a win," because I have, I mind you, it's like a bunch of superstars playing with him, but it was probably like, "Okay, finally, I don't have to pull up from the logo being double teamed to try and get a bucket here because no one else on my team can." Yeah, so. CJ McCollum really just—he's especially this past year—he just shit the bed. Like yeah. he—he's just been nothing short of bad. Yeah. So, like clearly that—that one-two combination, which used to be really, really good, they used to be one of the best, you know, point guard shooting guard combos in the entire league, and now it's just CJ slowly deflating. Dame Damien's Dame's been up here, and and Lillard was kind of around here, like a tier below, and now he's just—he's like slipping. He's just slowly slipping. And he's the only one I really even see having any type of trade asset to him. You know, I I can't imagine anyone else is picking up the phone call in Portland for any of their other players. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, John, we do a little segment on here uh, called Time for the Press where people send in questions for us to answer. Uh, We got two, and I purposely left the signing off for this reason uh hayden barton sends in a question how do you feel about Kawhi leonard declining his player option for 36 mil and then re-signing with the clippers in the end he did want to he did say he wanted to test free agency listen to the players but ultimately he decided to re-sign with the clippers 
I couldn't find a number on it. I don't think it's been released. I think he signed another. I think he signed another one plus one. I don't think the full details yeah. have been disclosed yet. Yeah. But I think he signed pretty much the same contract that he just previously signed. Um, it's either a one and one or a two and one. But I think if he uh, uh, accepts his player option or declines his player option, whatever it is, and becomes a free agent again. He'll probably leave. Yeah. But I, I don't see that happening. I think he'll probably be in Los Angeles for the rest of his career. Um, he's wanted to go to California. He got his way to California. The Clippers are a good team. Paul George is good. I don't care what anyone says. So, you know, they're a team that they, that can definitely compete. Um, he is missing a, 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 you know, a good portion of the beginning of this year, probably with his knee injury that he has. So... I'm not too surprised. I, I kind of expected him to decline it and then and then re up with a different contract. Um, but in that in a hypothetical situation, if he were to decline the player option on this next deal that he's signing and actually become a free agent, he's probably gone. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen though. Uh, this next one comes from friend of the show, um, host of the Speak Your Peace co- uh, podcast, Ian McNaughton. Uh, go buy his merch, by the way. Super comfortable. Um, what is the most undesirable NBA GM job right now? I know you went on this whole rant about Portland, but if you have a different answer, <laughs> then, uh, undesirable GM job. I have a couple teams in mind. I mean, Sacramento. I was, that was one of my answers. Yeah. Sacramento is like, always the right answer. Yeah. I mean, th- these guys can't do anything right. And they piss me off so much. Yeah. I love the Kings. I loved yeah, Fox. the the Kings. Um, and maybe it's because I played with them in 2k and I just spanked kids online. Yeah. But Marvin Bagley's not bad. He's just, he can't stay healthy. Darren Fox is an unbelievable point guard. Yeah. And this is a team that was shit for years. And Dave Yeager took them to the best record they had in years I think they missed the playoffs the eight by the eighth seed. I think they missed it by like a game and a half, maybe two games. The closest they've been to sniffing the playoffs in, you know, probably more than a decade. And the next year they fire him and hire Luke Walton, who is downright god awful and has no business being a head coach in the NBA. I'm sorry. Dude, yeah. I don't think that's a shocking statement to say, no, but he not. is horrible. And the Kings have been dysfunctional and they've played belt. They played poorly. You know, God bless Darren Fox is one of those guys. What I said was going to happen with Zion. It's going to happen with him pretty soon. They yeah. signed him. They gave him his money. He's not playing that out. There's no, no. way. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. Marvin Bagley's parents tweeting about how they want their son to be traded. It, it, it's just, it's a, you can't get any free agent to sign with you. Yeah. And they, they've been the one talk about like, if there's going to be a team to relocate at Sacramento, just because of. They should. I, yeah. They need, they need to get that team out of that city. I mean, just, obviously they have history there in like the early two thousands with, with Chris Weber and everyone. So yeah. like, I get it, but you are clustered in there with other teams in California who are good. Yeah. You need like to you, re- you're the you worst to, one by far. 
Yeah, you need a full rebrand and you need to go to a city that's just not in Sacramento and then yeah. find a way to figure out how to put a respectable team together because they, I, just, I don't they think, can't seem to do anything right. I don't think you make an expansion. Um, no, I think someone's got to move to Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Someone's got to move to Seattle. Yeah. Like I, the, the I Supersonics agree. need to come back. There's no reason why they shouldn't. And, uh, and, uh, bring back my boys. Oh, because, the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yes. I, because I think uh, when they moved, it was not a basketball town, but I think the basketball culture down here in Vancouver is heavy. Whenever Toronto plays their exhibition games here, I th- like the Rogers Arena, like the arena for the Vancouver Canucks, it sells out. Yeah. And it's like the stars aren't necessarily playing. And even if the Grizzlies, they aren't necessarily great. People are going to go watch see, oh, fucking LeBron's in town. Let's go watch him. So people mm-hmm. are going to come watch. But I think Seattle's, if there's going to be a relocated team, it's going to be Seattle. Yeah. But, uh, John, this is super fun. I really hope this recording actually went as planned and the audio's fine and not. Yeah, we should be good. Fucking, like, <laughs> spaz- be good <laughs> spazzed out like it did last time. But. Uh, I'll give you this time to plug anything you want. You have a great show over there um, in the Blue Wire Hustle community as well, but you talk about all things sports and uh, Loki as well. I'm not too sure if you talk any other TV shows, but yeah, you're doing some great stuff over there and uh, plug uh, where they can find you. Yeah, podcast is from my point of view, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, I do do Marvel stuff. It's mostly Marvel stuff. Um, but stuff? also okay. movie reviews on top of like all the sports that I want to talk about. Uh, and then my Twitter is at underscore John Grimaldi or at point of view pod. If you want to follow the podcast, Twitter, John, the underscore John Grimaldi is my personal. Um, and then Instagram, if you want to shoot me a follow on there for whatever reason, Jay Grimaldi six. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you guys know the intro outro music. It's Savage by Tom Ivy featuring six man. Be sure to check him out on everywhere you get your music. And yeah, I plugged my social media at the start. Find, follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at leftsideheavy underscore. And once again, John, thank you so much for coming on. We'll stay in contact in the future. And mm-hmm. we'll see you guys next time. I just got a let go. Went from ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friend zone. There's no need for discussion. I just really loved how you get low. But I'm dipping, I'm cutting the shorty, and we're being ten toes, ten toes. I, I just gotta let go, call me a Benzo, pay it up.